lot of times like at this this time of year if you're like me you have like these goals or new year's resolutions and sometimes people can become very cynical about new year's resolutions because you know we start them and we do pretty good for a few weeks and um you know except for today like when the church offers hurts donuts like that that's uh, counterproductive so um but, but but maybe we can become cynical because we start these these goals and have it finished and so it's just kind of then the mentality of like why even have them why even bother we can even become cynical when other people have goals and it's like you know for crying out loud these people just want to want to better their life and we can become cynical that they're having these goals and resolutions and uh, but sometimes I think that we have this mentality that you know it's just about be in our own strength in our own strength just being this better person and sometimes that can kind of creep into even even as believers into our thinking of you know that that it's all about just having this easier life and this better life. But yet, what we see the message of the gospel is that, that Jesus came not to just come alongside of us and give us a little bit better of life. That Jesus came so that we can have new life. He came so we can have live abundantly, that we can have fullness of life, that he transforms our life, makes us a new creation. And that happens the moment of salvation. We're justified. The Spirit of God changes us, but on the other hand, He's also continually changing us. That's called sanctification. God's Spirit is, is conforming us to the image of Christ and is making us more like Him. And so we're going to talk today not just about not just about some New Year's resolutions, not just about trying to become a little bit better of a person. Again, there's nothing wrong with having goals and resolutions, and hopefully you do. Because again, the alternative, the alternative is just, well, we're not going to aim for anything. Um, and that's not a good approach to how we live life. So having resolutions, having goals is good. It can be healthy, and, and it can and, and help you maybe achieve certain things that you're aiming for. Uh, but it's important to understand this truth, that spiritually speaking, we need a new mindset. We need, uh, we need to think differently because that's going to affect how we live. Well, Romans chapter 12, uh, Paul's writing, and a couple years ago, some of you guys were here for it. We went verse by verse through the entire book of Romans. It took us about a year to go through the entire book of Romans. Um, and all that, as, as Pastor Caleb mentioned, all of that is available online if you want to uh, listen to that. But in Romans, Paul's writing to the, the Christians in Rome, and he starts out by really just laying this foundation of the whole world is guilty before a holy and a righteous God. And he says the, the Gentile world, the non-Jews, they're guilty before God. And Jews, you're also guilty. Then the next chapter, chapter three, he says the whole world's guilty before God. That's the conclusion. The conclusion is that every person falls short of God's glory, of God's standard of holiness. God's standard is perfection. We all fall short, but yet then, then you get into the glorious news of the gospel. That G, that's why Jesus came. He came to live the life that we couldn't. He came to satisfy the wrath of the Father by dying on the cross, taking our sin upon himself to atone for our sin. And it's through his righteous life, through his death, sacrificial death on the cross, through his resurrection, we can have justification. We are saved apart from any of our works. In fact, 
Paul says this, he says, if you want to, if you want to gain your salvation, your justification through your works, through the works of the law, then you need to fulfill the entire law. So in our vernacular, he's saying, well, good luck if that's what you're trying to do, because you'll never make it. No man will fulfill the entire law. But the glorious message of the gospel is Jesus did what we could never do. And so now in light of these truths, in light of these truths, Paul now is saying, and, and again, Romans chapter 12, it's one of those go-to passages, at least for me anyway, like, cause it, it's, it's so, it's just, just filled with so much practical advice and instruction of as believers and our service towards God. Like it's just a wonderful, wonderful chapter. But again, it's important to understand the foundation that was laid leading up to that. It's because we've been saved, because we are in Christ, because we know that we're guilty before a holy, righteous God, and it's only through faith in Jesus Christ that we can expect anything but God's wrath and judgment is because we are in Christ. Now, knowing this, he says, I'm, I beseech you or I'm pleading with you, brethren, so believers, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. He says, this is your reasonable service in light of knowing what Christ has done for you. It's reasonable. And then he says, and be not conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So this transformed, it comes from the word metamorphosis, a, a change. You think about the, the caterpillar in the cocoon that turns into a beautiful butterfly, this radical change, this transformation how does it take place? It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Having a new mind, a new mentality, a new mindset that happens through the Holy Spirit of God in us. As we dive into the truth of God's word, it brings these things to light. So how do we have this new mindset? Well, it starts out first and foremost is we've got to know Christ as our, our Lord and Savior. I know that sounds like, okay, of course, that's, you know, point number one of a topical sermon, you know, from a pastor. Is be, make sure you're saying, well, here's the thing though, guys, this, this is foundational. Because without having this relation, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, by faith in Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross, all we're doing is going through religious motions. And there's a lot of people that think that's going to gain them favor with God is going through religious motions. Maybe you grew up in a denomination or, or, or church that, that really that was the message. The message was about how you can attain favor with God by following all these things. And the reality is made for some of you, it's never been a true genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. It's just been in your mind in your mind, it's, well, these good religious works are what's going to save me. But that's not what we see that the Bible teaches is, is justification, having a righteous standing before God. It doesn't come through our religious works. It comes through faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. And what's so important is because as, 
Uh, some of you guys may have tuned in or maybe you were even here for the 930 service. I know some of you guys, some of you guys come to like the same service every week and then some of you like flip-flop it so it confuses me. Which service do you normally come to? Uh, but, but last week, Joe Martinez preached at 930 and he was talking a lot about about the holiness of God and how that, that that's why our sin is such a big deal because God is holy and he's righteous and God, uh, God is a righteous judge that will judge sin and does judge sin and our our sin separates us from a holy righteous god so imagine this you're you're on the the beach you're on the beach jesus is on the beach and you see this huge uh this huge tsunami that's coming your way and, and you don't need to be next to him or behind him or even in front of him the only safe place to be is in jesus christ and being clothed in his righteousness. Because Jesus Christ took that justice, that judgment upon himself when he died on the cross for our sin. He took that punishment. He took the wrath of the Father, the wrath that God has against sin. And again, a lot of times people have a misunderstanding of this. They think of that. They think, oh, God's wrath, that God's this angry, abusive Father. But that's not the picture. It's a holy and a righteous judge. A holy and a righteous judge that demands that sin be paid for. And the only way that we can escape that justice is to be in Christ. And I ask you this question today. Like, have you truly experienced that justification? Are you trusting in Jesus Christ alone as your Savior? And I think that there's just some intense spiritual battles right now that are taking place, at least within several people that I've been talking with over the last couple of months, like there's these intense spiritual battles that, 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 that I think that we're not recognizing maybe just how intense this spiritual battle is. How that Satan and demons are trying to keep people from understanding the truth of the gospel and from coming to a, a true saving faith in Christ. And I see that and I sense that. And I ask you today, is that battle maybe going on in your heart and mind? And maybe today's the day of just truly surrendering and trusting in Christ as your Savior. You know, if I, if I, had, if I pull the chair up down here and I said I have faith that that chair is going to hold me up. But when I go to sit down, I'm like holding on to people, sitting down really slow. Well, I'm not truly trusting it. I'm, I'm holding on to other things. And maybe that's, that's you. Like you acknowledge some things that are true about Jesus and even the Bible and, 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 and see the importance of some religious activities. But deep down, you're holding on to other things. Maybe it's your own works. And that can be manifest in two different ways. Sometimes there's those who are self-righteous. They think they're good. I'm good enough, man. I, I, I got this and my life's going to be good enough. And you know, when I stand before God one day, I'm going to make it because I've done some pretty good things. You know what they're doing? They're holding on to their works. But again, like Paul said, if, if you want to be justified by the works of the law, the requirement is fulfill the entire law. You'll never do it. You'll never make it. I'll never make it. It's also manifest in a way sometimes people think, well, I'm too bad. I've done too many bad things and I can't be forgiven. But that's also a sense of trying to hold on to our own works, thinking it's our works, our deeds or lack of deeds that determine whether we're justified and saved. And both both are, are, are not the correct view of Scripture. 
what the scripture teaches, what the gospel is that every one of us are guilty before a holy and a righteous God. Now, maybe that rebellion towards God is manifest in different ways. For some, it's manifest in, for some, it's manifest in a self-righteousness where people think that basically they're in rebellion against God, but they have this form of religion that, think that, that tries to mask some of that, that tries to make them appear to be a good person. Others, it's blatant atheism where they're, they're showing their rebellion against the holy God, think, trying to deny the very creator, trying to deny the very God that made them. It can be manifest in different ways. But the reality is this, to have a new, to have a new mindset, to be a new person, it, it, it's, it's got to be through faith in Jesus Christ and, the, and God's spirit changes us. He begins to then change our desires. Doesn't mean that we live perfectly because we're still being sanctified. But it does mean that we are a new creature created in Christ Jesus. So this is foundational. It's foundational that we recognize that, especially this time of year, it's not just about trying to be a better person and trying to, trying to, to, to you know, for Jesus to come alongside me and help me with a few things in life. No, we need to trust him to completely transform our life, to give us new life. That's only found through faith in him. Maybe you have questions about that. Maybe you're struggling with that. And I, look, I don't say that to try to speak down in a condescending way. That was every one of us before we came to know Jesus Christ as our savior. And maybe for you, it's today's the day. Now's the time to just completely trust in him and call upon him to be your savior. Abandon those things that you're holding on to. Trust in Jesus Christ. Because he will save you. If you come to him by faith, you will find a perfect savior. Jesus will not try to save you. Jesus will completely, fully save you. Make you his child. So turn to Christ for salvation. But secondly, don't believe this lie of the world system. We have to recognize the lie of this world system. He says in verse 2, don't be conformed to this world. Don't, no, no longer conform yourself to what this world system says and is. Now, that doesn't mean we can't enjoy the things in life that God created. Sometimes people like get really weird and goofy and it goes all the way back to something called Gnosticism uh, in the first and second century where basically it was this teaching that anything pleasurable or, or anything physical, it's evil. Like, well, that's not true. Like God created some wonderful things. For us to enjoy like Hertz Donuts, amen? And like, there's nothing wrong with enjoying, enjoying things in life. When, when it talks about the world though, it's talking about this world system. First John chapter two describes it. When John says, he says, don't love the world or the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the father's not in him. In other words, you can't hold on to both, right? When you, when you trust Christ, doesn't mean you never struggle, but it, your, your, your mindset of how you view life, it changes. You can't hold on to everything in this world and hold on to Jesus. Don't love the world. Don't love the things in the world. It says, if any man love the, love the world, love the father's not in him. And then he describes, what does he mean by loving this world? What does this world mean? It means this world system. He says it's the lust of the eyes, the, or the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And this world system is absolutely bombarding us with these three lies. Absolutely bombarding us. We see it all the time. The lust of the flesh, that's, 
desires, those physical desires that are outside of God's boundaries. And man, we see that all the time. Sin looks good. Sexual sin is just absolutely permeating in our society. And it looks, it's, it's presented like, oh, this is just wonderful. I can do whatever I want with whoever I want. The only problem is that God, God has set boundaries for what he says for his creatures, what we can do and not do. It's not up for society to decide. It's not up for this, this consensus of, of where we live and the time we live to decide. No, God's spoken. And you just, part of this struggle, part of this, this, even this in our sanctification process is recognizing these lies. The lust of the flesh. Oh man, it's, you're going to be so happy. Just do what you want. It's going to bring satisfaction. And that's a lie. It's a deception. You know, sin, sin starts out as a thrill, but it never ends that way. It starts fun, but in the end, it brings destruction. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. This is many times referring to like this, this covetousness of, of, of becoming so obsessed with possessions. So obsessed with possessions. I mean, again, nothing wrong. Maybe you have goals this year, even some financial goals of getting out of debt or, or purchasing purchasing a new house or a, a different car. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's actually, that's a, that, that, that can be a healthy thing in some cases. The problem is we become so obsessed with those things. The lust of the eyes, just this covetousness, where instead of when we see other people that are blessed, instead of being thankful and happy for them, it, we just become angry and covetous of other people's possessions. This is the lust of the eyes. And then the pride of life. We, if we're honest, we all struggle with all of these. But this is probably something we struggle with the most. We base our identity upon what the world system says is success. We, we, base, we base our identity and our worth and our value upon a world system that says, if, if you don't achieve this certain status, that you're not successful. And the problem with this the problem with this is you never find true rest and joy in this because the bar keeps moving. And, and, and maybe honestly, for, for some of, of us, if we're honest, we, we've fallen into that trap. And we think, man, if I just accomplish this, I'm going to be satisfied. If I just reach this point, if my, if my kids become, if, if my kids are on the honor roll and they achieve this in sports, then I'm going to find this joy and satisfaction. Again, nothing wrong with having those goals and trying to help our kids through these things. But here's the thing. When we base our identity on those things, the problem is once we reach it, we find it's not truly satisfying. And people chase this dream and it's ever elusive and, and, and because they either don't reach it and they feel depressed and discouraged or worse, they do reach it and find out they're just as empty as they were before. Because true joy, true satisfaction, true peace doesn't come in achieving what this world says is successful. It comes in knowing our identity in Christ and following his word and what, what God says is success. We have to recognize these lies. Because I mean, our culture is bombarding us with these things. And we have to understand that. We have to know that. How do we have a new mindset? Well, we have to recognize that, that this world system's lying to us. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Why? We're in Christ. We're a new creation in Christ. And 
and we no longer allow those things to dictate what is success for us. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind, having a new mindset, a new mentality. So how do we combat the lies of this world system? We have to fill our heart and mind with God's word. We fill our heart and mind with truth. You guys have heard me say this before. We're talking about like spiritual warfare. And a lot of times when people think about like spiritual battles and spiritual warfare, they think of like really like spooky ghost stories, like lights flickering on and off and, you know, books flying across the room with when no one's there and like these, these really spooky, crazy things. And I'm not denying that, that those things don't happen and can't happen. Uh, I think that, that Satan uses a lot of those things to try to make people fearful and to try to intrigue people and in going, going down a road of, of, of being intrigued by these things. But you know what true spiritual warfare is? It's Satan lying to you. You go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. That was Satan's tactic with Eve, to lie to her. Oh, God, God's keeping you from something. God, has God really spoken? Ha, has God really said this? You know, he gave you all the all these th- all these trees, but he said there's one not to, to eat of, and, and she did it. <laughs> That's Satan's tactic. And right now, right now, Satan's Satan's lying to you. If you're not a believer, Satan's lying to you. And like I said, I don't mean to sound over dramatic, but I just I, I'm seeing these the, 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 these instances where where there's spiritual battle. Satan's keeping people from trying to keep people from really just trusting in Christ completely because there's a battle for your soul. It's in the balance. And I think that sometimes we can be lulled to sleep and not realize the seriousness of eternity. Not realize that this, our life is so frail and that in a moment, in a moment that this physical body could perish. We're, stand, we're going to stand and not give an account to a mirror. Stand and give an account to a holy, righteous God. If you're not a believer, Satan's trying to distract you. He's trying to keep you from coming to faith in Christ. If you're here, you're a believer. Satan's still trying to lie to you. He's, he's still trying to lie to you, lie to you about God. Lie to you about other fellow believers. You ever, you ever like have these scenarios in your mind of like, you know what someone else is thinking and, and you make, we make up these whole scenarios of stuff that don't even exist. And many times I think Satan uses some of those things to try to deceive us and lie to us. And maybe right now you're believing some of those lies of Satan. And the reality is this year we need a new mentality. We need a new mindset. We have to recognize that, that this world system and Satan are lying to us. But then we need to fill our mind with the truth. You combat the lies with the truth. That's why in in Ephesians 6, we're talking about the spiritual battle, spiritual warfare, taking the armor of God. The very first thing that, that Paul says is take the belt of truth. You combat the lies with truth. That's why it's important we know the truth and fill our mind with the word of God. Why? Because then when we're bombarded with the lies of Satan, we combat it with the word of God. That's what's so important for us. That's what's important for our children. That we're teaching our children the word of God. That we're teaching our children uh, things because culture is going to lie to them. This world's going to lie to them about certain things. And the thing is, when you're saturated your heart and mind with the truth, you recognize those things. You guys have heard 
the illustration, right, about, about how, how, how a banker can spot the counterfeit money. It's just by handling the real thing so much that they know when something's off. They know when something's not real. And you know how we combat the, the lies of Satan is knowing the truth. And look, I'm all for having a, apologetics. Like that's important, being able to, to, to see, okay, what are, the, what are the things that this unbelieving world, what are the arguments that the atheists and agnostics are making? Look, we can't shelter ourselves from those things. You may think, well, man, on my own, like I'm good. Like I'm not gonna be rattled by that. But some of their arguments might seem very compelling to your children. And I want my kids to be able to hear those arguments in a context of faith. And I want them, when they hear some of those arguments, to not be the first time that they hear them is when they're off in college somewhere or off, off in their 20s somewhere and they hear some of those things. I want them to hear them in a context of faith so we know, so we know how to um, argue against that and how we know how to biblically defend our faith. But more than just studying all the arguments of what the enemies of our faith are saying, Fill your mind with the word of God. Fill it with scripture so you're able to recognize. You're able to recognize those lies and those errors when you see them. This might be a little bit of a rabbit trail. But like, you know what's interesting to me? And some of you, like, maybe you like to listen to some of these, like, debates and arguments between Christians and atheists. What's very intriguing to me is this. Some of, of what, what the world, the best the world has to offer when they'll, the atheists will, de, will have these debates, their best guys, you know what arguments they're bringing up? They're bringing up arguments trying to attack Scripture. Trying to point to contradictions in Scripture. And it's just intriguing to me. Because like there's all, you know, all these different schools of thought with how the best way to argue with the atheists. And, but you know what's very intriguing? Is that when, when it really comes down to it, when it really comes out, the best this world has to offer, I mean, just recently, in a debate Bar Ehrman was doing on the unbelievable radio broadcast, you know what one of his most powerful objections was? Was an alleged contradiction in the scripture about how Judas really died. <laughs> Which I find just very uncompelling argument. But the point is this. Instead of trying to, oh man, how can we, how, how can we know how to argue again? Yeah, that's, there's a place for that. But let's know the scripture. Let's fill our minds with the truth of God's word. Why? Because Satan's bringing lies. Satan, Satan is attacking. Satan is, is constantly bombarding us with lies. Fill your mind with the word of God. That's why it's important to, to make it a daily habit. And again, I'm not saying you got to like sit down for three hours and read the Bible every day, but... But dive into it a little bit. Dive, may, maybe make that just a, a habit this year of every day you're going to open up the word of God. Every day you're going to, maybe on the way to work, listen to the word of God. Or listen to, listen to a podcast of, 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 of teaching on the word of God. Look, I don't know specifically in your context what the best setup and scenario is. But I know this, you got to be intentional about it. And you got to plan for it. And you got to put it on the calendar Mentally and maybe even physically, like put it on the calendar. Okay, this time I'm gonna listen to, I'm gonna listen to a sermon or, or read more scripture. Make it something that's a daily habit. And maybe you're, look, maybe you feel overwhelmed, like you're not sure, like, what do I listen to? I don't know what to listen. All of these, 
how do I know what's good? And like, look, we can help you. We can recommend certain things. And don't feel overwhelmed. Just set a little time each day to fill your mind with the truth of God's word. To listen to music that's godly, that's uplifting. Why? Because what we allow into our eyes and ears is what we think about. It's what we think about. And it's going to affect how we live. So understand, understand that this world system's lying to us. Fill your mind with the word of God. And then allow the Holy Spirit of God to control you. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to control you. Kneel and surrender each day to God, to his will. Ask that he would guide you. And the Holy Spirit will. He'll do it through the word of God. He'll do it through the word. And again, we don't, we don't trust our feeling over truth. But the reality is this. If we're in the word of God, if we're in the word of God, and we're a believer in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit's in us, he, look, we're going to have a, we're, it's, there's going to be a feeling, right? He's going to guide us. He's going to lead us. If I ask you this just in closing, what is your next step in following Jesus? What's your next step in following? Not, not in a sense of, of a religious box to check off. But what is, what is the Holy Spirit leading you to do? And first I ask you this, are you, are you following him? Like, do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Because maybe again, like you're, you're struggling with that. You don't really know if you truly have, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe today's the day to completely surrender, put your faith, call upon him to be your Savior. Stop holding on to what you can do. Stop holding on to other things. Trust in him. But what's God leading you to do? Maybe it's, maybe you're a believer in Christ, but you've never publicly been baptized. Now, being baptized isn't what justifies you or saves you. In fact, Pastor Larry is going to, in, in, in this next series we're going to do, he's going to preach a whole sermon on baptism. Why do we baptize the way that we do? Why do we baptize after salvation? Why do we immerse and, and go under the water? Why do we do it? And he's going to talk biblically about why we, we do all that. But, but baptism doesn't save us. But baptism, baptism is a huge step because it's publicly identifying with the message of the gospel. It's saying, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm publicly telling people, I'm not ashamed that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, that I believe in him. Maybe it's being publicly baptized. Maybe you're baptized as, as, as a little baby or a child before you even knew what salvation was. And, and maybe for you, that next step is publicly being baptized to, to go public with your faith that you're a follower of Christ. Maybe it's just committing to a, a time daily that you're going to spend in prayer and in the word of God. Again, it doesn't have to be a three-hour marathon. Sometimes it's just, it's so effective to just take five, ten minutes of your day. The beginning of the day just shows our acknowledgement that we need God and that we're relying upon God. We're relying upon his spirit to get us through the day, to defeat the, the temptations and lies that Satan throws at us. Maybe your, your next step is more, more area of ministry that God's going to bring your way this year. Maybe it's ministry with serving with, here within the, the body on weekends. Maybe it's ministry opportunity outside these four walls. Whatever it is, God's maybe speaking to you about some of those things. Follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Follow his guiding. Share your faith. Maybe you've just been really hesitant to share your faith with people around you because you're afraid. I don't know what to say. And, and, and maybe God's going to bring you opportunities this next year to share that faith, to be more passionate about other people coming to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Whatever that step is that God's leading you, please follow, follow God's leading. Follow the Holy Spirit's leading. 
You know what we need? Not just a better life, not for Jesus to come alongside of us and make things easier and better. We need a new life. That comes when we trust him as our savior. And then after we're saved, you know what? We, we, still, we still can believe some of the lies this world system gives to us. Again, doesn't mean that we lose that relationship or that salvation. When we're justified by faith, we are, we are in Christ. We're sealed by the spirit of God. And in, in our, our dependence is not on us earning it or keeping it. It's, it's upon the finished work of Christ. Amen. But, but look, even as believers, we're not living perfectly because we're being sanctified. And God's working in us and changing us each and every day. And, and maybe there's certain people or certain things that are really hindering your faith right now. And again, I, yes, we should love people and, and, and not, I, I think a lot of times we, we hide under the guise of, you know, of, of cutting people off out of our life just because they're inconvenient. And look, we shouldn't have that attitude as a believer. But there are toxic people that might be hindering your walk with God. And that might be hindering you from loving God. And honestly, they're hindering you from loving your neighbor and loving other people because they're just draining you spiritually. Maybe it's people, maybe it's certain habits or things that are just draining you and keeping you from really walking with God. And maybe right now, like the Holy Spirit of God is just convicting you about those things, about walking away from either those people or those things that are hindering your walk and hindering your faith. Look, I don't know what it is that God's speaking to you about. But may this year we have a new mindset, a renewed mind, recognizing the lie of this world system and filling our hearts, filling our minds with the truth of God's word.